top stories tonight. DeAndre Hopkins has let us know where he wants to go and more importantly, where he does not want to go. And of course, that is the New England Patriots. We also have updates from the NFL draft. We have an update on the Washington Commanders. The deal may not be done just yet. All that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. So DeAndre Hopkins has come out, or more aptly put, an interviewer has read the facial expressions of DeAndre Hopkins. Because, you know, Hopkins, he's not a big talker. He's a quiet guy. He, throughout this whole drama, has kept things relatively close to the chest, really hasn't pushed one way or another. But DeAndre Hopkins was interviewed. He was asked, okay. I know you're not going to tell us, but just off of your facial expressions, the faces you make, can we get some sort of hint on where you'd be happy to play? Because we know you have no control. And Hopkins agreed. And so we have learned that DeAndre Hopkins does not want to play for the New England Patriots. DeAndre Hopkins does not want to play for the New York Jets. And DeAndre Hopkins is in on the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. We also learned that DeAndre Hopkins is not looking for a raise. He does not want a new contract. And the source on that one is Hopkins himself. Tweeted it out. Hopkins, not looking for an increased contract. Not looking to break the bank. DeAndre Hopkins just wants out of Arizona and to compete. Wherever he goes, DeAndre Hopkins wants to compete for a Super Bowl. He has had it playing for these loser franchises like the Houston Texans, like the Arizona Cardinals. So what happens if and when DeAndre Hopkins is traded? How does that shape the landscape of the NFL? Well, that's what we are here to talk about tonight. And starting with the Buffalo Bills, if DeAndre Hopkins... If he goes to the Buffalo Bills, DeAndre Hopkins gets to play X, Stephon Diggs gets to play Z, and then in the slot, we have a rotation of Khalil Shakur, we have Deontay Hardy, and we have Gabe Davis. And this is the kind of move that the Buffalo Bills must make. It doesn't have to be Hopkins. It can be another wide receiver. It can be a a guy in the draft. But the Bills must, must add a pass catcher the bills must add another threat because right now looking at the buffalo bills offense stefan diggs is it he is it on the offense dawson knox is fine he's nice he can make a play or two but that's not changing the game dawson knox is not breaking a contest wide open. Dawson Knox is not taking a game over himself. He'll have a couple nice catches. He'll go for 60, 70 yards. Maybe he'll score some touchdowns, but that's it. Gabe Davis is not a threat. He is not keeping any defensive coordinator up at night. Yes, he can make a play from time to time, but when you look at the Kansas City model, where they have Travis Kelsey, that's their Stephon Diggs. Gabe is worse than all of the receivers Patrick Mahomes was throwing to last year. 
I'm sorry, but it's true. Gabe Davis is worse than Marquez Valdez-Scantling because Marquez Valdez-Scantling stretches the field like Gabe Davis does not. Marquez Valdez-Scantling can take over games the exact same way that Gabriel Davis can, but the speed changes the dynamics of the defense, something Gabe Davis does not do. Juju Smith-Schuster is better than Gabe Davis. We have seen that countless times. Juju Smith-Schuster throughout his entire career just better than Gabe Davis. Justin Watson, who would you rather have, Gabe Davis or Justin Watson? I, of course, your instinct is going to be to say Gabe Davis, but same size. Watson's a better athlete. I don't know. I think Gabe Davis is more comparable to Justin Watson than a lot of people want to admit. I'd rather have Kadarius Tony by far. He can break a game open. Sky Moore. I don't know if he can break a game open, but he could get there at some point. He's got the profile to make it happen. But Gabe Davis as the wide receiver too is more comparable to the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver five, six. And that's not going to get it done for the Buffalo Bills. Khalil Shakur, big fan. Hope he takes a step forward. But he's a fifth round pick. You cannot rest all your hopes on a fifth round pick who didn't break out as a rookie. Stephon Diggs, fellow fifth round pick. You can rest your hopes on him because we've seen him break out time after time after time. It just continues to break out again. That's how good Stephon Diggs is. But the Bills don't have an offense like Kansas City, and they don't have the offensive line like Kansas City. So either protect Josh Allen better, which they might. They've invested at left guard. They're getting rid of Roger Saffold, younger replacement in Connor McGovern. I don't know if that's really an upgrade, though. It's kind of a a lateral move, maybe a downgrade, but the consistency of the season, because you're going to get more snaps from McGovern more than likely. Puts the Bills still behind Kansas City, both at wide receiver and on the offensive line. So getting DeAndre Hopkins, getting Jackson Smith and Jigba, getting Zay Flowers, one of these difference makers at the wide receiver position is just what the doctor ordered for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen needs a second target. Now as for Kansas City, they don't need... DeAndre Hopkins. They don't. They don't at all. You just watched what they did. They won the Super Bowl with wide receiver one, Juju Smith-Schuster, pass catcher number two, Juju Smith-Schuster. DeAndre Hopkins would be a great addition to Kansas City, but they do not need him the way Buffalo does. We just saw it. So even if they roll into the season with MVS, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore as the top three wide receivers, You can't rule them out because they've got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And that's probably not going to happen. They'll add a DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they draft someone at the end of round one. Maybe they draft someone in round two. But either way, without DeAndre Hopkins on Kansas City, without DeAndre Hopkins on the Buffalo Bills, I'm taking the Chiefs offense. I really am because of the combination of the offensive line and just better... NFL starters than Gabe Davis is across the board for Kansas City. So this is why the Bills need to add to add DeAndre Hopkins. If they can do that, then the Bills 
past Kansas City, they suddenly have a better passing game. And the Bills are in the Super Bowl hunt once again. Not that they're not right now, but this is not a complete team. Howdy to MLAD. Bet the Washington deal did not include the stadium. I don't know. We'll get to that in a little bit. I don't think anyone fully knows what's happening with the Washington Commanders, but happy to have you on the show, my friend. Now, this is not everyone. This is not the totality of the news for DeAndre Hopkins. He was only asked about four teams. We got a no for the New England Patriots, and that's obvious why. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins does not want to play with Bill O'Brien. We also got a no on the New York Jets, which is a little bit more surprising. I thought the Jets were actually in play to land Hopkins after missing out on Odell Beckham. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good chance he would end up there. We knew they were flirting with the idea, but Hopkins not interested. We know the Ravens had or have interest in DeAndre Hopkins. Lamar wanted Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins. Ravens said, we can get you one. Could it somehow be possible that they get two? They don't have a second round pick. Would a third round plus get it done for DeAndre Hopkins? Bring DeAndre Hopkins to the Baltimore Ravens. What about the Lions? Could the Lions trade for DeAndre Hopkins? What about the Giants? DeAndre Hopkins for the Lions or Giants just steps in as a X receiver from day one. For the Lions, it kicks Jamison Williams to the Z. Then Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, and Khalif Raymond are backups. This one seems less likely. I think if the Lions were going to make a move, they wouldn't have signed Marvin Jones, but it's still possible. Giants probably don't make this move either. The Darren Waller trade was probably their move at pass catcher, but that would send Isaiah Hodgins to the bench, or he could rotate with Darius Slayton, depending on if they wanted a speed element or they wanted a possession receiver. And then there's Paris Campbell, Wondell Robinson, and Sterling Shepard in the slot. And finally, the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are another team that need a DeAndre Hopkins. They really do. Because as it stands right now, Samare Toure is a starting wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. And if he loses his job, he loses it to Bo Melton. Rookies last year, late day three picks. Last year, Samare Toure and Bo Melton. Those are the wide receiver 3-4. And the tight end is Josiah DeGuara, who might be the worst starting tight end in the NFL. Across all 32 NFL teams, Josiah DeGuara might be the bottom of the barrel when it comes to starters. So there's a lot of teams that could use DeAndre Hopkins, but there's no team that needs him more than the Buffalo Bills. And talk about needs. We have the sponsors that you need to hear about. Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather. Now in the offseason, I get into baseball, I get into basketball, and my preferred platform to play fantasy sports is Rival Fantasy because Rival Fantasy has challenges where you can just take a guy and say, hey, this guy's going to score more fantasy points than this guy. They put two shortstops together, pick one. Point guards, pick one. Spoiler alert, you should pick Damian Lillard. (laughs) Or they have the fantasy book where you could pick over, under, over, under, over, under, and up to five guys, and then the more you pick, your potential payout quickly escalates. 
And finally, I submit a bingo card because you can just go over, under, over, under, over, under across the board, get your fantasy bingo card set, submit it. I'm not the biggest basketball or baseball expert, but I have a hell of a lot of fun playing fantasy sports on RivalFantasy.com. And the best part is with promo code PLAYER, they refund up to $50 of any losses. So the promo code there is PLAYER on RivalFantasy.com. Go have some fun. Go have some fun, courtesy of Player Profiler. And speaking of fun, we've got a draft coming up. We have the NFL draft, the 2023 NFL draft, one and a half weeks away. Kicks off on Thursday, April 27th. I will be there in Kansas City on Wednesday, April 26th with the squad. We will be reporting live from Kansas City. We will be reporting on the draft, all the moves that will be coming in. And there's a lot of questions on what moves will be made. Who takes Jalen Carter? Who invests in the young man out of Georgia? The best player in the 2023 NFL draft, Jalen Carter. Who ends up being blessed with Jalen Carter's talent? And can they set up a situation to enhance his ability and Make sure the locker room chemistry works. There are a couple teams that are interested. We have seen Jalen Carter visit the Seahawks, the Lions, the Raiders, the Bears, and the Eagles. He's visited some already. Will visit the Lions tomorrow. And I I think he's visited the rest already. But either way, Jalen Carter not taking visits outside the top 10. The Eagles are the lowest down team that he was willing to visit with. So he's confident that he will be going high in the draft. And I am not surprised. We could see four quarterbacks go off the board. We could see Jalen Carter fall out of the top four. But once you get to the Seahawks and the Lions, those two teams have the locker room where they're not going to have to worry about Jalen Carter. This is, these are two player-oriented teams. Both have the infrastructure where it's not going to be an issue. So Jalen Carter, he might see a slide in terms of being the best player in the draft, but I would be surprised to see him fall out of the top six. And there's no way he's going out of the top 10. That has pretty much been confirmed based on his visits with NFL teams. And speaking of visits, we got Zay Flowers visiting with the Baltimore Ravens. We know the Ravens are not done at wide receiver. They could take one round one. They could wait till round three. They could trade back into round two. Gave up that second round pick for linebacker Roquan Smith, who they re-signed. But Zay Flowers is a small wide receiver. We all know that. That is quite obvious, quite apparent. Only five foot nine, got up to 182 pounds, but he's a smaller guy. In fact, the majority of this class is smaller guys. For that reason, Jonathan Mingo. Wide receiver out of Ole Miss, six foot one, two hundred and twenty-six pounds. He and Cedric Tillman are seeing their stock rise, according to Daniel Jeremiah, who is tapped in to this scouting industrial complex. Daniel Jeremiah communicates with other scouts because he is one of them. He cut his teeth with the Baltimore Ravens before becoming a media personality, so he is tapped in. He knows what these NFL teams are thinking. And this should come as a surprise. 
to absolutely no one who listens to player profiler. Cody has been talking about this for a while, especially when it comes to Jonathan Mingo, that he's going to go day two. Cedric Tillman, probably going to go day two. Just because of the size of these guys versus the rest of the wide receiver class. Because when you look at the top 20 wide receivers in our rankings over at playerprofiler.com, go check them out. The dynasty rankings, they are fantastic. You can get the rookie guide for just $10. The rankings will be included in there. And it is just perfect. Absolutely perfect. But when you look at the rankings, when you look at the top 20 and you average it out, the average weight of the top 20 wide receivers is 192 pounds. The NFL is trending towards smaller and smaller receivers, but there will always be a place for these alphas on the outside. And now maybe Jonathan Mingo, Cedric Tillman, they never become alphas in terms of commanding targets, but they have the big body. They will be starting wide receivers in the NFL, even if they end up running more decoy routes than we would like as fantasy players. They will have solid NFL careers at that size with that athleticism. It's undeniable that they will be on the field for NFL teams for a long time. Laquan Treadwell is still having teams visit and he's not even as athletic as Jonathan Mingo or Cedric Tillman because the NFL still needs big wide receivers out of the top 20. We have only three wide receivers that weigh more than 210 pounds. If we extend it to the top 25, we add two more. We get Puka Nakua, who is exactly 210 pounds. And he's not a true X. He's more of a Z receiver. And then we get Dontavian Wicks at 212 pounds. Out of the top 25, we have five wide receivers above 210 pounds. Out of the top 20, we have seven wide receivers above 200 pounds. If we go to 25, 10 out of the top 25 receivers weigh above 200 pounds because then we add Andre Yishovis, 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 my apologies. But looking at these receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, 196. Jordan Addison, 173. That is tiny. It doesn't matter. In today's NFL, we are seeing more and more that size isn't as important for the wide receiver position if you can get open. But these are small guys. Our top five wide receivers, we've got Quinton Johnston at 208 pounds. And then the second biggest is JSN at 196. Marvin Mims, 183. Zay Flowers, 182. These are small wide receivers. Jaden Reed, 191 pounds. Josh Downs, 171 at five foot nine. Rashi Rice is a big wide receiver in this class because he's six foot and 200 pounds. That's the way the NFL is trending. Trey Palmer, 192. Jalen Hyatt, 176. These are our two speed demons. And then you got Michael Wilson, 216 pounds. You got Parker Washington, 204 pounds. These are the bigger wide receivers today. It's crazy how much things have changed. But as things change, we keep you updated. We tell you what is happening 
how things are adapting and why. And the why is because it doesn't matter how big you are when you can get open like Devontae Smith, like teams expect Jordan Addison to do, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, we know can. But there's always going to be a place in the NFL for a Jonathan Mingo. There will always be a place in the NFL for a Cedric Tillman. They're going to have starting roles in the NFL. They will not be phased out because of size concerns like a Tank Dell at 170 or 165. Even a Kayshawn Booty at 195. Sub-athlete, not particularly big. If he doesn't show out with his route running and after the catchability in training camp, who's to say he gets on the field? Crazy. The shifts in the NFL. And speaking of shifts in the NFL, the Washington Commanders, we've seen a complete shift. The deal is not done. We had heard previously that Josh Harris and his ownership group featuring Magic Johnson it was a done deal. We'd wrapped it all up. Everything was good. $6.05 billion. Now, of course, this was a non-exclusive deal, which meant there was always a chance that someone else was going to come in. And now, Brian Davis, founder of Urban Echo LLC, which is an energy company, a former Duke basketball player, has put in an offer to the Washington Commanders. And it's at the point where... This team is going to sell for $7 billion unless someone else swoops in with an offer and raises it above $7 billion. And we could see this sale go through within the next 24 hours. The first billion is scheduled to go into the account of the current owner of the commanders, Daniel Snyder. That money will hit his account 24 hours after the deal is agreed to. Daniel Snyder, when he signs the dotted line that he has sold his team, within a day, he will have $1 billion in his account. And the other $6 billion will be released within a week. That is just crazy money. Insane just to be able to hand over $7 billion within a week. But... This is what Brian Davis and his team is looking to do. This would make Brian Davis the first black NFL owner, which would be a big step forward. And it would also be the largest sale of a sports team in global history. $7 billion. Insane. Just insane money. We'll see if there's a counter. Josh Harris can still offer more than that $7 billion price tag. There are other people involved that could up the price. It's a bidding war for the Washington Commanders. And unfortunately, Daniel Snyder's the winner here. He, he's selling his team and he's winning. Billion dollars within 24 hours. Just nuts. Some other news around the NFL. Robbie Anderson has signed with the Miami Dolphins. This brings even more speed to this offense. The Dolphins probably have the fastest starting three wide receivers if we count Robbie Anderson as a starter. He will be competing for wide receiver three. It'll probably be a rotation. 
Cedric Wilson, the Dolphins want to trade. There's a chance he actually gets cut, but he's still fighting for that wide receiver three role with Braxton Berrios, who is a slot receiver. And then Robbie Anderson will be there to stretch the field. But Robbie Anderson, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle, that has to be the fastest three wide receiver set in the NFL right now. If you can think of a faster group, let me know, but there's no way. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle carry it alone, and then Robbie Anderson running in the four threes as well. Speed kills, and this Dolphins offense has so much speed. Even at running back, Raheem Mostert, have him as well. Possibly the fastest four, as long as we don't count tight end, because Durham Smythe, I cannot imagine, ran a very fast 40, but was he a former wide receiver? Hmm. Maybe he does have a good 40, even though he is not a pass catcher. Anyways, we got some word out of New England as well. We got word on Mac Jones. He's our quarterback, and this is from linebacker Josh Uche, edge rusher Josh Uche, but they call him a linebacker. And this is not the first Patriots player or former player to come out in support of Mac Jones. Matt Judon, team captain, came out in support of Mac Jones. Jonathan Jones, veteran on the team, came out in support of Mac Jones, just re-signed a contract. Devin McCourty, who retired, but was a captain for this team for years, came out in support of Mac Jones. But Twitter says it's going to be Bailey Zappi. This is why you listen to Player Profiler today. Because we tell you the truth. We don't get bogged down in this. The Patriots could bench Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi. They could have done it last year too. And they didn't. Even with Matt Patricia in-house. Now maybe this could this could happen if Mac Jones completely bottoms out. But I promise you, the leash for Mac Jones is quite long. He's not getting benched anytime soon. And... Despite the reports that the locker room has turned on him, the locker room is coming out in support of Mac Jones. He's QB1. As for QB1 for the 49ers, we got a report from Roto World today that Brock Purdy did not have Tommy John surgery. (gasps) Wow. If only that news came out the day of the surgery. Wow. Could you imagine if that piece of information was shared? I I found this so strange. We've known this for, what, a month now? Over? The day of the surgery, we found out that, no, it was not Tommy John. The only way this is news is if they had to go back in for a revision surgery, and they didn't. So, this headline from Roto World just flabbergasted me. Yeah, it's true, but it's not news, and I don't know why we're talking about it now. But for everyone out there, Brock Purdy did not have Tommy John surgery. That's why he's projected to be back early in the season. He will be cleared six months from the surgery is that first week of the NFL season. So he will be cleared to participate end of August, early September. He'll work his way back. Trey Lance will be the starter. But Brock Purdy is still their guy. He is their favorite. As for Christian Wilkins, he's a favorite of the Miami Dolphins. They are in contract talks to extend him, which they need to. The defensive tackle market is just going to keep going up and up and up with Dexter Lawrence, a free agent, with Quinton Williams, a free agent, both of them after this season. Wilkins hitting free agency as well. So whoever pays first 
wins because that means you're going to pay the least. Because once Wilkins signs, Quinn and Williams will say, well, yeah, I want more than that. Nope, I'm not moving off of that. I want more. So sign your players early. It is always a good idea. Unless they're bad. But when you know they are a stud, like Christian Wilkins, like these defensive tackles, just do it. Anyways, our final story of the night comes from the Indianapolis Colts. Comes from Jim Ursay himself. Ursay put out a tweet. Jim Ursay says that the Indianapolis Colts may be taking a quarterback with the fourth overall pick. Or they might trade up for a quarterback. Or they could trade down and take a quarterback. Or the Colts could not draft a quarterback at all. Jim Ursay playing mind games. Gotta love it. Because at least he's honest that he's not going to tell you what they're doing. Every other team just likes to play games. So credit Jim Ursay. Thanks for giving me a laugh today. (laughs) 